0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Well, we know uh, they've constantly been under scrutiny by a variety of elements, not least of which is Ontario's financial accountability officer. Peter Weltman is that officer. He's joined us to tell us a year in what are some of the highlights of the reports over uh, year one of the Ford government. Peter, good to have you back in the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. It's great to be back, John. You know the last time we spoke, I guess you just come out with a report, your analysis of the health ministry's spending estimates, which you said uh, were really going to fall far short of what was expected given things like increased immigration, inflation, and an aging population. Uh, can you just sort of recap what you found in that regard?
1: Sure. I mean, health the health program is driven, as you said you know as you said, really by demographics. So aging population, increased population and healthcare inflation. So those three, those three factors account for most of the, the, the pricing or the cost of the healthcare program, and those have been growing roughly at 3.8% per year. The government has, as uh, part of its effort to, to rebalance things, is, is trying to keep spending overall to 1%, and I believe it was the health piece was 1.8. So really it was trying to reduce, uh, in real terms, uh, the, the, the spending on, on healthcare.
0: So the point and purpose of these kinds of reports, what is a reality check, just a snapshot to uh, orient the government or the various ministers? Uh, what is the point or purpose?
1: The point and purpose of all of our reports is to provide an independent, neutral, nonpartisan analysis of the, the situation as it is for members of provincial parliament to be able to ask good questions about how programs are are faring and uh, and really to hold the government to account so that that is the purpose and in this particular case uh, you know I think when the government came out with its budget and said we're not cutting spending we're increasing spending by one percent per year. yes, in nominal terms, there is a spending increase one percent per year in real terms though these are cuts, and we also you know so so that's what it is. We call it as we see it. And we provide some background context. We said these are challenging, uh, you know, spending uh, restraints to keep to. The last time this was done successfully was uh, 20-odd years ago. So it gives people a sense as to how difficult these things are to, to achieve. Uh, just because the government's going to come up and announce it mean doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It's, it's hard. So we provide that context. And, um, you know, we try to re, you know, not rebalance necessarily, but as I said, if it's a real Cut. Then we're going to call it a real cut.
0: Well, that's it. You stress your independence, uh, and you're not just taking the government's estimate when it comes to budget matters and uh, the way they may spin it, right? hmm That's right. And I think what's it,
1: it's helpful for all parties. I mean, not not just uh, not just the opposition. All that often tends to be the case with these sorts of offices. But it does give all MPPs another another look, another you know another point of view, if you will, uh, in terms of uh, some background information as to, to what plans look like going forward. So, I, and, it, and it comes in handy when the government, for whatever reason, decides not to, and I go back to the fall economic statement, where the government normally would have provided a four-year outlook, and they didn't this time around. And, you know, as I said at the time, it was it's a new government, and they're just getting their feet, and there's a lot going on, and so it wasn't that big a deal. It wasn't something we would expect to see repeated. But we provided the four-year outlook. So again, it gives PP is a chance to assess, all right, government's been in power for a few months and it's made some changes to taxes and, you know, cutting the and killing the cap and trade program. What have been the impacts and what they look like over the next four years? So we, are, we were able to provide that because we have the expertise, because we have the data and the availability to provide that data. So it, it does serve a very important function. I think the second thing I'd like to mention is our analysis of the spring budget, where we were able to, for the first time, provide what we call the status quo spending forecast and because uh, you know we've been around now for four and a half odd years we've had some data we have really good analysts in the office we've been able to now start to refine our models to provide an independent spending outlook beforehand we had to take the government's numbers so what that allowed was um, MPPs to say, okay, on a normal basis, on a, on a you know, status quo, as if there have been no changes, typically programs increase 3.8 percent, and we were able to highlight within things like spending in, in health and education, sort of the drivers to those and what they would traditionally have been, and contrast that with what the government was planning to do, which was keep spending growth to 1%. So that provides some, again, some context, some background against which uh, MPPs can ask, can ask further questions.
0: Again, Peter Weltman's with us, Ontario's Financial Accountability Officer, taking a look back at the uh, previous year and uh, the reports that have been filed by his office. I'm kind of curious. I mean, it sounds to me in some cases that you might even dovetail or overlap with the Auditor General. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> okay, tell me how and why. So
1: effectively, if you the simple thing is the Auditor General looks at what happened, mm. and we look at what's going to happen. So her crystal ball is a little bit better because she's looking at things that have happened. She looks at programs that have already happened, spending that's already taken place, have the rules been followed, have the programs been administered in a way that makes them as effective as possible, as a valuable use of money, and what we do is we forecast based on existing on a status quo Where we think things are going in terms of spending, in terms of revenues, and we rely absolutely on the Auditor General to provide a clean, you know, a uh, uh, baseline start, uh, starting point. So what is the fiscal situation as of a certain point in time? Blessed by the Auditor General. And then we go from there and we make our forecasts.
0: Well, my understanding is that uh, new this year, the Income in Ontario report reviewing trends in the growth and distribution of family incomes of Ontarians over the past 15 years. So that's a snapshot going back. That's why I'm not clear on that. So-
1: ah, okay. So we did that. That's That's a... That's a <laughs> very good question so that was more of an economic analysis piece so that's not a government program that's not something the auditor general would ever do you're not going to audit income growth you're going to audit a specific because you're not auditing uh... the economy you're auditing the government so what we've done is we've again used that as part our mandate is to provide economic analysis so that is a piece of economic analysis and it shows to MPPs and to the government that here's, you know, here's how the economy's been faring, here's how the median family has been faring over the last fifteen years and in some cases we went back thirty and really the takeaway there was Ontario is no longer the economic engine of Canada. The other provinces have caught up largely due to resource revenues. Um, The tax and transfer system has helped people in lower incomes um, to, to reduce inequality and to keep them to keep their incomes growing but if you look at it before those tax and transfer payments were made real incomes have slightly decreased real median in- incomes have slightly decreased over the last 15 years so so when people say you know they're, they're having trouble making ends meet or they're worried about the economy worried about their future well there's some numbers here that show that in fact you know things are 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 not s- stellar for for the median in- median income family. Um, And that is a good, I think, a good background against which MPPs can start to debate and discuss policy options to address some of this, or at least to be mindful that that's what this is the environment they're going into. And this is something I think we're going to do with every new, after every new election, is provide an updated piece on this to give again, our legislators a chance to sort of situate themselves and the economy relative to, to where they are today.
0: That's an interesting one because, uh, I mean, so many people are now fixated on evidence-based uh, types of uh, data to inform, and that does uh, obviously impact policy. And what you just told us about incomes, uh actually having stagnated, I guess is my word, but uh, that's what I seem to imply from what you said. So employment is one thing, but its evil twin is wage growth, and you're saying that's relatively flat, if I read you right? right.
1: That's right. It's been relatively flat for certain sectors of the population. Certain sectors have seen tremendous wage growth, but they don't represent the majority. And on a median basis, that means the, the, the 50th percentile, so the person or the family income right in the middle, um, their median income really has has been fairly flat over the last over the last 15 years.
0: Wow, you're kind of like a combination research librarian, all of these things that contextualize uh, for the MPPs, and then as I say, going forward, policy gets affected or shaped accordingly. Uh, it's great to know that's really what's going on in the bowels of the legislature. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in the middle of the dog days of summer, we're still doing it. Yes.
0: Well, no, that's good. Uh, you and me, we're both working. We're the two. <laughs> Peter, a real pleasure as always. Uh, We'll touch base again down the road. That's
1: terrific. Thanks, John. Have a
0: great day. And you. Peter Weltman, Ontario's Financial Accountability Officer. So now you know on a need-to-know basis. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.